listening to The Private Citizen, the podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 98 for Wednesday, the 1st of December, 2021. The German Constitution and the Virus. Hey everybody, how are you doing? My name is Fab. I'm your host, as usual, coming to you live from Düsseldorf in Germany. Um, yeah, and uh, tonight... Today, whatever time it is for you, this night for me, uh, very late in the day, uh, but I still have a lot of work ahead of me, uh, part of which is this podcast, so let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the um, current, very, very current uh, German constitutional court decision on the uh, pandemic restrictions, which I think has to be talked about. We've talked about this t topic ever since the show was started. Uh, it's a big impact on civil civil liberties. Um, so I want to talk about it. I was originally planning to create to do this episode about the traffic light, uh, the Ampel coalition, and you know update you on that on the new German government. I'm planning to do that next episode. Um, this is just something I had to um, that that just hit me out of the blue, and uh, I had to kind of kind of you know slip it in before that because it's just i think very very important so uh uh you know warning warning applies coronavirus topic ahead um i want to mention quickly uh, i did this in the last episode as well uh, the 100th episodes coming up one year anniversary want to talk a little bit about, about, about <laughs> okay i'm gonna have a little bit of tea and calm down here Um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about me and where I come from, you know, to give you a uh, little bit more of a background. And as part of that, um, if you have some questions, um, please ask them. I put a link in the show notes if you go to privatecitizen.press. Private What's wrong with me today? Privatecitizen.press. Um, there's a link to the forum. Uh, there's a topic there and you can... You can chime in, you can ask me some questions, uh, maybe come up with some ideas for that show, that episode. That would be nice. Um, yeah, and with that, um, let's get into a somewhat of a, before we get into the main topic, I want to have a little bit of a quick deviation at the beginning, uh, which includes um, a little bit of a disclaimer. So let's get that out of the way first. Um, that disclaimer being that um, this episode might actually be a little bit depressing to you. I don't know. It's um, certainly when I when this this uh, this decision uh, came out and I read it and I did some research on it, um, I felt very depressed. Um, I felt very bad today this morning. I was was getting very angry uh, and then very um, sad about it. Um, I went on a run, which helped massively. Uh, I ran uh, 10 kilometers in the ice, icy snow rain that we have right now. And uh, that helped me a lot. And I'm a lot more mellow now. Um, but I want to give you a fair warning that this might might have that effect on you. It might not. I mean, this is about the German constitution. If you, <laughs> you know, if you're in the U.S., really, what does that matter to you? You might find it interesting if you're in another if you're in another country. 
um, please, of course, I'm doing this, I'm covering this because I, I live in Germany and it's close to my heart and it's very important to me. Um, but I'm by, by no means not interested in, in other countries. I would love to see uh, how things are happening where you are. Please let me know. Um, I'll, I'll give you some feedback details um, at the end of the show. But you can also go to Private Citizen Press. There's a contact link up at the top. The forum isn't in there yet. I know somebody already uh, told me that. I need to fix that. I know that. I just have a lot to do right now and very little time, but I'll get to it. But uh, there's a forum link um, in the in the feedback uh, section of this episode, which we'll get to later. Um, but you can also go just uh, to the contact form and just send me an email or you know uh, encrypted communication, whatever you want. Um, anonymous communication whatever you want. Um, so I want to know how things are going where you are. Um, you know, uh, I've heard some stuff from the US that is really um, quite encouraging that there's um, actually, you know, some pushback against all this kind of stuff that's happening over here in Europe. And uh, I'd be interested to know. Uh, maybe you're probably, I was going to say China, but it's probably not better there. I don't know, Russia? Is it better in Russia? I have no idea. Please let me know. Uh, maybe other European countries. I'm very interest, interested in this. I would also be very happy to do an episode on, you know, let's say you import your girl and you want to tell me what the situation is there or you want me to report on it. Just give me a few pointers and I'll get to it. I just have a lot of stuff to do and a lot of episodes on my to-do list. Of course, I'm fo focusing on what's, you know, close to my heart first, but that doesn't mean I'm not interested in other stuff. Um, to explain to you why I think this might be a little bit depressing, um, I have, you know, I had this, this, these feelings and I've, it's not the first time I had them since, you know, the, this whole pandemic situation happened and, and all the laws. And I've reported on this a lot on the show and I've ranted about this a lot of, the on the, uh, you know, on the show a lot. Um, but I feel like it's not the best approach for me personally, uh, especially not for my health. Um, I feel like I am getting angrier and angrier, and that's probably not a good good thing generally uh, in my life. And um, I actually um, read some stuff, and then I saw some people talking about stuff on YouTube and also on Twitch, actually, uh, while I was uh, just, you know, watching some random game streams. You pick up some wisdom here and there. And I've heard... Um, a lot of people recently uh, reference uh, the ancient Greek philosophy of Stoicism. And um, I um, uh, actually uh, combined with, you know, a, a bit of inspiration by my wife, who I feel like actually practices a lot of Stoicism. I'm probably without consciously thinking about the ancient Greeks. <laughs> I'm thinking it's more her, her, it's more her nature, and she copes with situations like the one we're in right now uh, generally a lot better than me. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe take some inspiration from that and practice a little bit of stoicism. Now, what is stoicism? Um, stoicism is basically uh, puddling insurance, of course. Private citizen not pressed. Wikipedia, where you can read about these kind of things. Uh, without end but uh, stoicism is basically uh, an ancient greek philosophy i mean you know this has been modernized this, of course as well but like generally it um it is a worldview that says that there are many 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 things in your life that you cannot change your health um, external factors uh, you know your government uh, things like that um that as a person you really can't change and um 
the and you know in modern in a lot of things we think in in modern times and you know a lot of things you learn in university there's a very different approach to that there is always this idea that you can change things that's what progress you know being progressive is all about you know um, demonstrating going on the streets um, stuff like that um but um I feel like maybe it's because I'm getting older or something. You know, I've I've um, I, th I thought back in the day that a philosophy like socialism was bad and we actually had to change things. And I'm not saying we don't have to change things or we can't, but I think what stoicism says in a lot of ways is that for a lot of things you really can't um, as a person. Um, you know, there can be social societal movements and you can also be very lucky and start one uh, or you can be part of one, but generally you can change a lot less things than as a you know, often, often you would like to think. And what stoicism says is um, the the virtue of a man or a woman or a uh, person that identifies as, you know, another gender, um, well, you know, whatever. Um, if I'm, I'm going to say this is shorthand because I'm a man. I have a penis. So I'm going to say a man. That's also how the ancient Greeks, of course, spoke. Uh, the virtue of a man is um, determined by how... I'm going to say they now, <laughs> just to piece, you know, <laughs> to be a little bit progressive, how they approach um, these factors that they can change, i.e. being how, you know, your ethics and your morals are not determined by what you say you do, but what you do, right? If you If you assume... That there is, there are many factors in the world that you can change. Then your virtue is determined by how you react to those, um, and not so much how you talk about them, but what you actually actually do. And a, a lot of stoicism is, you know, that's where stoic. You know, if you have heard of being stoic in, um, you know, in, in in common speech, it usually means you know being. Um, you know, in the in the face of of, of danger or of adversary, um, being calm and collected, and you know, not bemoaning things that you can't change, stuff like that, and that's generally uh, something I admire, and I myself want to be. Um, I I want to be more like that. I'm not gonna say I'm not saying I'm gonna be completely stoic because I can't. I will still rant about things and get angry about things, but if I can, um, I want to do that less, especially about things like, you know, the German Constitution, which we're gonna talk in a little bit, and then the Constitutional Court saying something about that because that is a very good example of a thing I can't change. Um, you know, the the German government did something. Hundreds of people said, we don't think this is this should be legal under our constitution. They went the only way they can go in our political system and they appealed to the constitutional court. And now the constitutional court, which is the highest court in the land, uh, the decision it makes are final, are very final. They can never be overturned. Um, they will never be looked at again. So, you know, that this is a final decision. The final decision is in this case... Um, no, this was completely legal. Now, that is a factor you cannot change. Not by voting. You can never change this. This is unchangeable. This a, a problem like this will never be 
before the constitutional court again and there will never be another decision as long as you know the federal republic of germany in in the in the structures that we know of today exists so this is something you can very much only approach in two ways with stoicism or with impotent rage and when i was younger i would have approached this with impotent rage now I'm getting older and I'm getting wiser and my hair's getting a lot grayer and I'm trying to uh, approach this with stoicism. Now generally you'd think, why, that's a very, you know, that's a relatively positive attitude generally. Um, and, you know, Stoics uh, in ancient Greece time were, that that was a positive thing. Um, you know, uh, you know, there might be war, but you're the one who deals with it calmly and says, you know, there's some things I cannot change, but I can, can change my behavior towards other things and I will do that and and will do that with virtue so that's a positive thing now I do think that generally however this will be considered especially if you're listening to a podcast with me talking about this kind of thing um, it's somewhat of a it's, it's a little bit of a defeatist attitude right um, because this will just accept that some things can't be changed and then I can't have rousing speeches about it right and I won't call you to activism or something um, or to voting or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's a little bit depressive, uh, de de depressing. And when I was thinking about this and how to approach these kind of things and, you know, about being more stoic in my own life, um, this was kind of a thing where I was sad because we draw a lot of energy and a lot of hope from the feeling that things might change. And... I think, um, I personally think, you know, being stoic in such certain situations and embracing stoicism is very, it's a very mature and grown up thing to do, specifically because you're taking away from yourself this kind of hope, which often is like a little bit of a self delusion, right? You're in a shitty situation and you're saying like things will, things will get better. And, you know, I, f I feel generally, um, you know, it's it's like saying, um, just just a very quick example. It's like saying, oh, but our, all our lives are getting better, right, all the time. And I, I don't think they do. Like, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I don't think they do. You know, if I think back at when I was growing up and my parents, um, you know, I mean, okay, I'm relatively privileged. My parents weren't poor. They weren't, they weren't rich, but they weren't poor. But they were a normal household in Germany, I would say. You know, they, were, they weren't like... They weren't like even upper middle class. It was just a normal middle class household, right? And, you know, two parents, a kid, and, and, and in some respects, actually, um, you know, our life was was, was 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 a lot different. And I wouldn't say as, as well off, uh, maybe monetarily, but my parents both worked, right? So that I didn't see them a lot when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time with my, with my, with my grandparents. So it's not like everything was perfect. But, you know, generally in our life, you know, my parents had two cars. Um, I mean, they both needed cars because, you know, had to go to work. Uh, my mother had like a 45 kilometer commute a long time, for a long time. Um, but, you know, they both had cars and they, they just like, you know, bought a new car, like every, you know, they replaced one of the, each car they replaced every like four to five years. So every two to three years, like, you know, they, they, they'd be like, you know, uh, they'd replace this car and then the the other they were kind of like um um they wouldn't replace them at the same time right so they were kind of spaced out so every two or three years like my dad or my my mom got a new car and um 
you know, and I see how much they worked and how much money they earned and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the pension and, the, uh, you know, that they have now. Um, and I look at my own life and, you know, in the last 10 years, um, I bought a car. Uh, my household, me and my wife, we, we bought a car and a motorcycle. Um, and the motorcycle was relatively cheap, cost about 8,000 euros. And the car cost about 10 because it's a used car. Um, now that is way less than my parents would spend on one of their cars every two to three years, way less. Um, they also like, I mean, okay, me and my wife probably not a good example because we don't really have jobs. We have callings, <laughs> we always say, but like we work a lot. Like I, I used to think my, my parents were workaholics because I didn't see my dad a lot, but you know, and he had a stressful job and you know, he was 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 somewhat of a workaholic because he was very pas passionate for his job, but essentially he, he worked, worked an eight, eight to five job, maybe eight to six. Right? And my, my, mother, my mother worked a normal eight to five job. Um, I did some stuff on the weekends, but you know, generally a good paid well for that as well I think um, but generally 8 to 5 job and you know I, I work a lot more <laughs> and my wife works a lot more um, and you know we don't we don't make as much money as my parents did um, so I mean this is a very personal um, uh, we also have different jobs right they're not comparable my dad ran a, ran a company for a while and you know stuff like that but uh, my mother was an employee at a government, uh, not a government. It was like the, the you know, the public works, you know, electricity company. Um, but um, it's not really comparable. But still, I think it, I think I see that through. Yeah, like you, it's a very personal thing, but you can you can see it throughout. Um, if if you open your eyes and you compare like the lives. Like our, I'm just gonna say my generation, or like your generation is living. I don't know what generation you're in, so it's hard to say. But you know, compared to the the generation of your parents, for example, right? How many how many cars people have? Uh, you know how um, how much they work, how much money they're getting for their work. Um, I mean, I see that throughout pretty much my friends and the people I know. Uh, they're generally working for less. Uh, they're working more for less. Um, I mean, there are ex there are exceptions, of course. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't think generally we're better off, um, not compared to our parents. I mean, if I look at my uh, at the healthcare system, at you know the 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 pension system, um, what I'll get out if I ever ever get a get a pension, right? Um, compared to what my my parents got. Um, yeah, let's not talk about the generation before them. Like it's it's getting um, it's not getting it's not getting better. I don't think I don't think you know people say that a lot, but I don't think um, it's it's necessarily true. I think I, I used to believe that when I was younger as well. I mean, it's an, another example maybe, and then I'm going to move on. Is you know technology um, where people say, oh, we you know we used to have the internet and and uh, you know we no we we didn't use we didn't have that, and now we have the internet and we have access to all this knowledge. Um, right, which which comes with a lot of problems that we also talked about on the show, like how hard it is to actually research things that people actually won't research things, even though they can. You know, they, people could actually like people just 
it in in some respects that people things haven't changed people just watch the news and they believe what's on the news right or they don't watch it they read it now on the internet whatever but like they have like 20 let's say 30 years ago when i was growing up you saw something on the news you didn't have the ability to check that today you have I don't. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm guessing if you're listening to the show, you know this because that's what the show is about. Basically, a journalist telling you, "Hey, you could do this job. Like, you don't have to do the job, but like, say on a certain topic that really interests you, you could actually do the same job. Job a journalist does and look this up. You can. You can do this. You just need a computer and an internet connection, and you can do anything that somebody in the newsroom, you know, at the BBC does." Literally, they don't have any special. I mean, they have special access to sometimes politicians and 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 and, and companies, but only the only thing they get there is more PR. Like you know, the access to facts. You have the same access to like statistics and data than all of these people have. Um, but it, things are not getting better because people are don't they don't use that right? They're not they're not going. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check up on these guys, because, which is you know I'm not saying I'm, it's understandable because of the aforementioned they have to work more for less, right? And they have more more stress at their jobs. So I don't know what, but like, you know, we have all this technology. We have very very powerful computers in our pockets. What do we use them for? Instagram. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's not necessarily getting better. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just depressed de depressed today. But <laughs> it's, I'm really not the guy to be depressed. I, I feel like this is more. I'm not really. Also, I'm very calm about this. Like I'm not really sad about this. I just something that that occurred to me thinking about all these things. Um, anyway, so I do not think that things are generally get, getting better. And um, I think it's okay to. To analyze that and you know to approach it uh, like this, um, I hope it'll be helpful to you. I hope if I'm a little bit more stoic, also on this podcast, that it provides the same service to you as if I rant about something, which is probably more entertain entertaining. And because I'm me, that will still happen. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, as, as always, feedback, please. Uh, the the question, the, the rule applies. Look this all up for yourself. Please provide feedback. You know how. Um, anyway, now that I'm a bit more stoic, <laughs> uh, let's get into the top. Let's get into a topic uh, to be stoic about, which is you know, constitutional court matters. Well, I messed up hitting that bumper, didn't I? Well. I'm not going to change that. I'm very stoic about this. Um, so what has what has happened? So uh, the 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 Bundesverfassungsgericht, the Constitutional Court of Germany, has decided about a lot of uh, complaints that people had about the uh, so-called Bundesnotbremse, which uh, roughly translate to the federal handbrake or the federal emergency brake. Now we, they, they call it's a law. They call it that because Viertes Gesetz zum Schutz der Bevölkerung bei einer epidemischen Lage von nationaler Tragweite or the fourth law to protect the public from epidemic situation of national importance is too long. So they call it Bundesnotbremse. Uh, this is like the fourth of these laws. We talked about the third one, which was in 2020, in November 2020, I think. Um, I didn't talk about the fourth one in 
detail because at the time I didn't want to um, depress people too much with talking too much about the pandemic. Um, but basically, uh, what what was at at question here were, uh, you know, uh, lockdowns. Uh, two, uh, well, three actually three. Um, aspects of which the third one I don't care about so I'm not going to talk about it much but um, so there were uh, you know contract contact uh, restrictions in public spaces um, I mean they would have loved to do that you know in, in private spaces but they really can't um, and then of course um, the curfew which you know I talked about you know when they, when they had the curfew uh, depending on where you were in Germany and what the magic incident rate was uh there was a curfew. We had one in Düsseldorf for a few, a month or two, uh, which was you couldn't go out after 10, uh, 10 at night, five in the morning. You could go out till, think, uh, uh, midnight for for running and and walking your dog and stuff like that. But you know, anyway, that stuff. The, the third factor was uh, closing schools, um, which you know I don't have kids. I don't plan to have kids. I'm not a teacher, so uh, it's, it's relatively far from what I'm interested in in my life. But you know, just for completeness' sake, um, yeah. So, so people said um, this doing all of this is clearly not um, the, it's not compatible with the German Constitution, the Grundgesetz, the GG, as we like to call it, GG. Um, and I would have said yes. I, you know, my understanding. I mean, I'm very much a layperson. I'm not a lawyer. I did about three semesters of constitutional law in history in university, and then I did like a semester maybe in politics. Um, but you know, also these kind of things are this. Um, you know, the constitution is very. It's not very. The German constitution, but I think you know, from what I understand, for let's say the U.S. Constitution is very much the same. It's a relatively broadly worded law that is all about the how you interpret it. So in the German one, did like the, the Constitution is like a very small book, and then if you get the the commentated version, it's like five times as big or 10 times as big because the commentary is the important part that is how like constitutional lawyers interpret and and how the uh the the constitutional court has interpreted certain things in the past and that makes up kind of a part of the law it's like a body of understanding of the law right that is that's very important and you know decisions like this one uh, that we had like one yesterday or whatever um you know they go in in in, in there uh, but in my understanding, I would have said, yeah, generally, I think um, my understanding would have been uh, that at least the curfew was unconstitutional. Um, I believe that the freedom of the individual citizen is, is actually very strongly worded in there. And that, of course, with anything, with any law, the constitution isn't different. You have to always have to balance you know, there's the right to to not be harmed in there, and then there's the right for personal freedom, and then you know you have to see if if, if my right to to freedom interferes with somebody else's right not to be harmed. Then usually the other person's right not to be harmed is more important 
that's usually more important than freedom. I understand that, but usually you have to have a um, a very clear harm, right? And if the virus at questions, I've, I've said this before, I believe on the show, would be Ebola, where like you know, get it. It's if you're lucky, fifty-fifty that you die. If you're older than sixty, the chance to die is almost a hundred percent. You know, that's a very clear danger. Whereas you know, um, SARS-CoV-2 infection, even like I, I, I thought, I thought we didn't understand. <laughs> The, the, the process of infection back, back then when this was discussed, you know, in April, I mean, even now, we didn't understand that clearly enough to even, for that to be a clear danger. Now, the Constitutional Court, interestingly, has gotten, on the other hand, they're basically saying the, 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 the situation was so unclear that it was reasonable for the government to go, um, this might be a really real danger, and so now we're doing this. And this is a... Um, uh, an argument that I wholly do not follow. Um, I understand where it's coming from, but I think it's very dangerous. And I think as a constitution, as a constitutional judge, uh, that that is just almost. I don't know. It's 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 to me it would be unthinkable. I you know I I think uh, um, you're safeguarding people's civil liberties, and if you just go, oh, the government didn't know, so they had to like lock people into their houses. It's basically, you know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm overemphasizing here, but, um, yeah, so I, I would have not thought that, uh, this would happen, um, but it has, um, so, um, they've declared this all for constitutional, um, they basically said that these measures, so the, uh, the limit, the limiting of individual freedoms of every citizen of the state um, is justified because the state needs to protect the citizens as, you know, in their whole, basically, um, from danger. And the danger they, interestingly, they specifically talk about um, is not so much infection, but a collapse of the medical system. That's this... We talked about this on the show very early on. Uh, you know, I had the discussion with Alex. Um, you know, uh, you know the the, the 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 what was it called? Uh, the, uh, God, I can't even remember. It's it's it has, that's it's like it's not even two years ago, and I can't I can't fucking remember what the the wave something with the wave. I'm looking at the show not now. Probably flatten the curve, flatten the curve. That was it. I already forgotten all that. Flatten the curve. Now. I find this very interesting because, I mean, in itself, I can follow that. In itself, I follow I follow that. I think that is reasonable. But what the Constitutional Court doesn't mention and completely ignores here is that the government, I mean, this is in, you know, if you boil it down, it's a case of the, of the government doing something and citizens saying, we don't think that you should be able to do that under the Constitution. Now, what they completely ignore, which I don't think is good, uh, not that we can change that, stoicism, <laughs> but um, 
what they ignore is that that the government in in my opinion and obviously I'm not a lawyer or anything but I think the government was almost criminally ne negligent in if 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 your if your if your 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 deciding factor is uh the medical system IC, ICU beds basically um then I think the German government was I would I I'm going to make the case where I think it's almost criminally negligent but they would they didn't do anything um You know, we're talking. This this law was passed in April. Um, at that time, uh, they've had three, two, three months. I'm I'm not saying. I'm not saying they shouldn't have passed this law. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, what they didn't do is also prepare the medical system. To this day, they've done nothing to prepare the medical system. We have the same situation right now that we had last April, where, the, where all of the press is reporting on ICU beds, are they're not enough, how it's all dangerous, and we have to have lockdowns or whatever, measures, measures um, to, to protect the medical system. But the government has done nothing, nothing to improve the situation. In fact, I think there there are criminal. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but like to me, that it comes very close. If if, if this was a company or some, I would even say this is almost criminal because the people in charge, they've actually reduced ICU beds in Germany. I know a lot of doctors in several hospitals all over Germany, and not one of these hospitals. We're talking four, five hospitals. Um, Big hospitals. Not one of them has more ICU beds than it had a year and a half ago. I think almost all of them have less. I think one has more, technically, but that's because they moved some stuff together. Um, I mean, the government has been absolutely negligent in doing anything here, right? They have not come up. I mean, the problem is not the beds. Or the machines. The problem is you need uh, nurses. You need specially trained nurses. And they haven't come up with any plan to get more of them. You know, I mean, I'm... I know nothing about the medical system. I know a few doctors, that's everything. But I've had it. I would have a few ideas. You know, you could pay them better. The problem why you don't have ICU nurses or even not enough nurses in Germany is because they're paid shit. They have shit pay. They have shit working hours. You know, talking about what I talked about earlier. Um, so you don't want to do that job. That's a very hard job. Um, why not paying better? Significantly better. Maybe twice as good. Another problem is the there. Um, if you want to train somebody like this who could save somebody's life, you know, on an ICU when they're dying of COVID, um, it takes three years to train such a person. Now I don't understand why there isn't a, a why they haven't created a year ago, or at least in April. They could have done all of this in April. I mean, we wouldn't be there yet, but at least we'd be on the way. What I think is the criminal negligence is that we're not even on the way. Nobody has even started to do anything like this. Um, 
right? You could have had a special course where you go, okay, we're not training people to be general ICU nurses. I don't know how this works, but I, I, I imagine this is possible. You know, we will create a thing which is like a, a fast track, which we'll call like COVID-19 nurse or whatever. And then maybe that just takes a year or a year and a half instead of three, maybe two, but you know, anything, anything, do anything. They haven't done anything. Our current health minister is still the guy who in February of 2020 said uh, we need to we need to we need to be brave and cut the hospital beds. Right? And they haven't done anything in April of 2021. We're talking this laws from April of 2021. I would even assume that by that time they could have done something. It's been a year. They had a year. But even then, they could have just started at that point, and we'd now be maybe moving in the right direction. But they have done nothing. And what I find extremely shocking is that the Constitutional Court says that the government is in their right, is in their right to take liberties away from a citizen to protect them, but it does not take into account, but like, and, and as a measure of protection, they, they take a very specific thing, you know, the medical system, uh, life-saving ICU beds, whatever. And they don't look at what the government has done there. I, I would have thought, like, you know, I would have said, if I was the constitutional court, if I was set on the constitutional court, I would have said, okay, if the government had done everything it could to improve the situations in the hospitals, and we still have a dangerous situation, then maybe we need to take civil liberties away from people or encroach on them. Because there's really no other way to help. But the logical way to help, the the the, the way to help that, that I've identified in like, one, when was this episode? When... I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have to go back and, and listen to this episode, but I'm pretty sure when I discussed with Alex, when was this? So we're talking, flatten the curves, episode 10. We're talking March of 20, when, 29th of March, 2020. I'm pretty sure back then I've said, well, yeah, flatten this, the, the curve is a, is a good idea, but I think we need to like solve the, we need to, we need to power up the hospital system. And since then, I've even said stuff like, you know, I'm a very conservative person. I'm, I'm generally not a believer in, in um, making things state-owned. But I believe with hospitals, they should be state-owned. I mean, if the, the government's whole goal now is to protect its citizens from a disease, it should take over hospitals. There, there's no reason, again, there's no reason hospitals need to make money. That's not their job. The job of a hospital is to save people's lives and to make them better. It's not a job. It's not something you invest in and you make money. It's something the, the government just puts money in. It's not an investment. It's something, if the government's job is to protect people's lives, then they need to take care of this shit and take care of, take, do whatever it takes to prepare this hospital system. And this is what is so absolutely disheartening to me about this decision um it's not so much it's not so much the measures and it's not so much saying 
well, it is saying that this was a bad emergency. I'm going to get into that as well. But like, um, but it's also not seeing that factor that the the government completely failed its job here. Like the government did not understand the situation from the beginning. It handled it completely wrong. And it's now got a rain check from the Constitutional Court to do this again. In, instead of a slap on the wrist. And I personally think uh, that, you know, if you go to the website of the Constitutional Court of Germany, it's very proud that it's 70 years old. Um, and And I personally think that in these 70 years, this was the biggest um, challenge. This was the biggest proving ground the Constitutional Court ever had. We, in these 70 years, we, we haven't had anything like this. I mean, we had like terrorism in the 70s, but even there, the state wasn't like, there was no curfews. I mean, there was a lot of like traffic stops that you could say that they were completely bullshit and like a lot of like papers, please kind of business. Um, but there was there, there there was nothing like this. There were no curfews, no like shutting the people's lives down. Um, it's 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 that that's that's most disheartening to me. And I also think that like one of the promises that they're basically saying, uh, this is okay because because this was a. Um, the way they um, they term this is this was an, an extreme emergency situation, and the the just the issue I have with that. I mean, it's not a question that this is a extremely bad situation, um, but I still think, and I've talked about this a lot, that like the the public perception of what is going on is off with reality and and thus i think the perception of the judges on this court because you know they're normal people as well they're just reading the press and i, I mean the press has been um as, as you know i've said from the beginning has been has been horrible um in reporting this from the very beginning um and it's it's you know when they're talking about the waves it's just not not so much of virus waves it's more about like waves of the press like stirring up into everybody up into a panic with like well, like I, I went for just for this research today i went to look at the website of the tagesschau which is you know the german the, the biggest primetime news television show and then you know spiegel and some others but like you look at those two websites and they're full of fear. They're, you know, back on, on Linux Outlaws days, we would call this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. The shit Microsoft pulled to, to get people to be afraid of Linux. Um, propaganda. But, you know, FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. They're doing exactly that right now about this Omicron variant, where they're, like, making people afraid. Right? And then you go to, I went, okay, for the first time in like five months or whatever, I was like, okay, what's the WHO say about this? Go to the WHO website to say, okay, um, we currently don't know that it's more contagious. Uh, we don't know that it's more, that it causes more uh, bad uh, health, you know, bad illnesses or deaths. In fact, that looks the other way around. It looks like it's it's milder. Um it does look a little bit like it's more contagious, but we can't really prove that. Uh, it does look a little bit like it's milder. Um, and we think the vaccines uh, are not affected and they will work. 
And if you read that, like where, where's, where, like that's the science, as they like to say, right? That's that's the science. So the science would not make you afraid, unless you know you're like, oh, they, I mean, it could be. And that's basically what the press is going on about. Wow, we don't know. So it means we could, it could be. And then at the end, they're like, oh, but really, we don't really know as much about this. So we really, really don't know. But it could be more dangerous. So we need to force vaccinate everybody. This is just like, and it's it's just just like that. It's like people not understanding that, uh, you know, a case, i.e., somebody being positive, has nothing to do with them becoming sick. And that somebody becoming sick is not the same as getting COVID and ending up in an ICU bed. And I, I, I very much believe that the, the judges on the Constitutional Court don't understand this either. I mean, they're not biologists. <laughs> Probably, I, I'm pretty sure they're all lawyers. Uh, you know, they, they just read the newspapers as well. And the newspapers have just been wrong about this for a year and a half, like completely. And that that's that's generally the problem i mean that's i think that's 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 what's 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 going on um yeah so that's very disheartening um now uh tomorrow uh well we had the uh, minister presidents of the german federal states i.e the heads of the german federal states get together uh, they went came together yesterday or today but tomorrow they're gonna I mean, they already decided pretty much what they're going to do. It, it is expected that tomorrow they're going to decide on the following things. Um, also, you know, clearly uh, empowered by this federal uh, constitutional court um, decision. Um, they're going to decide that vaccinations are, uh, you'd have to refresh them every six months, um, which... I don't understand how, right? I, do, I, I don't. Like, if you have, please, if you have, if you have a good study, if you have a link to the uh, just unnavigable, unchartable depths that is PubMed right now, and you can point me to a good study that has hard data on the vaccines actually not being um, effective past six months I would love to please contact me I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about this on the show I want to know about this um, as far as my understanding where the six months is, comes from is from the you know when you're basically you're Titer goes away when you when the antibodies go away in your blood. Um, now, from basic immunology, can't talk. Need more tea, I think. Does tea help with it? Maybe the pause and drinking just helps, like you know, reset your brain. And you can think about the word you want to pronounce. Um, from basic immunology that I've learned in high school. There is more to the immune response, and there's certainly many uh, ways that you are still immune against the disease, uh, whether you got it naturally or you got vaccinated after the antibodies in your blood go away, because you can, you're basically your body remembers those antibodies uh, and can make new ones, or they can, you know, they can. I think they remember the. Do they remember the antigenes? Uh, 
you know, they, they have cells that remember this shit and then they can make new ones, which isn't as fast as a response as if you have the antibodies in your blood naturally. Uh, but it still very much works, um, you know. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe we've learned more about immunology. I just like, you know, whenever they write about something like this in the, the Spiegel, it's not like they're going here, this is how it works. And this is why we now know this. Um, no, they just go, they just talk around it, which makes me, that's a journalism, journalist way of, I really have no clue what I'm doing here. I don't know any, any about this. I'm just gonna, gonna repeat what the experts say. So I, I would like to know, I, I don't think that, but you know, okay, I will have to get a booster. <laughs> you know, if I wouldn't do anything by February, so, so be it. Okay. Um, uh, I think I, that they also decided uh, there's going to be lockdowns and con contact restrictions for unvaccinated people. What I, what I think about that, I've told you in previous episodes when I talked about how, you know, the cult of the vaccine and, and, and victim blaming and all that kind of thing. Um, there will be widespread adoption of 2G, i.e. vaccinated or recovered uh, almost everywhere in public. Um, you know, if I'm unvaccinated, so I don't really care. I find it incredibly jarring as a German. Apparently, I'm the only German, which I find weird. But every time I go anywhere, I, you know, I, I, I specifically have this yellow booklet. I, I don't use an app because I don't want to make it easy for me. I want to have to pull out this booklet. And I think that's why, because I'm the only one with this booklet, right? So I, whenever I go to a restaurant anywhere, I have to like, I, I'll pull out this booklet. And it's very much like, your papers, please. It's very much like this, you know, the, the Hogan Zeros. Yeah, we have a, 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 a Sperry here and you have to check your papers and you have to pull your papers out. Yeah, I find it incredibly jarring, but uh, apparently that's just me. Um, and then now comes the thing that, I mean, okay, they want to have a vaccination requirement for people working in medical professions or old folks homes and stuff like that, which I can, I mean, I, I think, you know, that that wouldn't be unconstitutional because you're not forced to work in that kind of job. And we've, we've done this before with measles now, for example, although that is also like from last year, so... It's all also new. It's also the new Infektionsschutzgesetz. They brought that in, and I started with measles. Um, but yes, okay. Um, I don't understand this from a. This is another thing I don't understand from a practical purpose because you know, I know lots of people work in hospitals, and they're all vaccinated. They work in hospitals. Like nobody fucking works in a hospital, and 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 also. I mean, we talked about this before, and I, I, it's becoming clearer and clearer that being vaccinated does not help you uh, stop the transmission. Any data that's coming in that I'm seeing is, is, tells you the exact opposite. And even like the experts, the experts in equus, the ones that are on the news, which are generally... Uh, always on the opposite opinion spectrum about these things than me they're all they're all saying that as well because it's obvious um i mean you just look at portugal portugal they have a, a vaccination uh rate of 92 percent and had so for quite a while now um and you know that their curve is going up like everybody else's i mean what what the vaccination does is you won't get 
you will get sick, but you just won't get COVID, right? You get the sniffles. You won't get COVID, and you don't end up in ICU. Um, so it the, the vaccine clearly helps protecting you, the vaccinated person. This just doesn't help protect anybody else, which I've said from the beginning. Vaccines were never meant to do that. Nobody ever until like 2019 or even probably 2020, until 2020, nobody ever said that vaccines do this. No health expert, no epidemiologist. That was like a new idea. And everybody just, I don't know, pretended that was a thing that always existed, but it was a new idea. So it's it becomes very clear that this is the case now, but so I don't understand that. And now the thing I find incredibly jarring, which apparently they want to try to decide, is that they now want to force every German citizen to be vaccinated. Which, you know, again, people think, I, I have no horse in this race. You know, I have, I have two shots already. I've, I've got the DNA one, I've got the RNA one, and if they have another one, I get that for the booster, and then I have everything. Then I'm like triple genomic manipulated organism whatever you know i don't give a fuck i have no horse in this race but i would have said from what i understand what the german constitution not only how it's written but also what it was meant to do i mean and i i, I cannot imagine that the people who wrote the constitution back in the day didn't have the nazis in mind and didn't have mengele and the KZ doctors in mind and the experiments they did on people they thought, you know, we talked about the stupid idea of having races, you know, the, the people they thought they were subhuman, um, you know, the tests they did on them. When they wrote the constitution and the constitution basically says the state can't force bodily harm onto you, which a needle in your arm counts as bodily harm under German law, clearly. If you want to get tattooed, you have to sign a statement that says you allow this. Otherwise, the tattooist would go to jail. It's a crime. It's, um, um, was it? Schwere Körperverletzung. It's like an aggravated assault. So if you inject somebody with something, even if it's only water, if, if you needle them, uh, in German, it's aggravated assault. And also, I think, unco unconstitutional. I would have said so, and I, and I still say so. I would have said the uh, constitutional court would say so. Uh, but that was before <laughs> this other decision. I think now all bets are off. I think they're actually going to go through with it. Because um, at the end of the day, something I've actually uh, thought about today while I was running. Uh, I had about an hour and a half uh, in ice-cold rain, in the dark, uh, wearing an, an eight-kilogram vest, bulletproof. Well, it ain't bulletproof, it's just steel. So probably not gonna, maybe gonna stop at 22. But like a tactical vest with my light attached to it. So I'm running in the dark and it's it's incredibly, you, you get in the zone. It's incredibly good for thinking, right? You try to forget the pain and you start to think about things like this. And what I was thinking about when I was running there is, you know, 
first of all, I don't understand why they're doing this. Because it's especially now it's become very clear that if you do not vaccinate yourself, the only people the only person you are endangering is yourself. Um so you know, it's a, everybody, all the experts say, look, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Everybody in the in the ICU beds is unvaccinated. Only people in unvaccinated people are in ICU beds, only those people die. Generally. Okay, there there are exceptions that prove the rule, but you know. Um so if that's true, that is the science in air quotes. How can the state say we need to vaccinate you to like I mean the only constitutional argument would be if the danger is very high to the other, if you're endangering the other people, we can force you to be vaccinated to protect those other people. There is no constitutional argument for the state saying we kind of need to protect you from yourself. Um, because they can't do that in any other situation. If you come to a hospital and you're bleeding, but you're, you're, you're clear of mind. Right, but you're just blood coming out of you, and they're like, "Fat, no problem. We're gonna we're gonna give you some morphine, and then we're gonna stitch you up. You're gonna live. Everybody who's who's had like a accident like this lives." And I say, "No, I don't want that. I don't want you to put me on any machines. I don't want any morphine, and I don't want you to take a needle to my skin and sew me close. Then they can't. If I'm clear of mind." They're gonna have to have let me die. Otherwise, it'd actually be a crime if you if you you know if you you know if you put if you do anything to somebody if you do operations to somebody, you know you, you, there has to be very clearly legally defined stuff that that the patient has to sign or somebody if they're not, you know, within their faculties. Although it's very actually very hard. You actually need to like most of the time you need to actually. Um, specify somebody who can decide that for you. I mean, there are situations where the doctor can just, you know, there's nobody there, you're unconscious, they could just kind of decide. But if you're, if you're conscious and you say, I don't, want to, I don't want this operation, they can't do anything. Right? So there is clearly no legal basis for them to, to do this to protect yourself. Because you can just, I mean, it's, it's illegal for a doctor to, uh, you know, kill you if you want to but you won't die you know like um assisted death you know like uh like Pratchett was fighting for they, they can't do that but if you go like if they go like um fab you've got cancer but it's 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 very easily treatable like uh, it hasn't metastasized and you know it's not only in your left little toe and we cut that off you don't need that toe for nothing you can run you can do anything you just have a toe less that's no problem. There's many people who are born without that toe. doesn't matter. Um, and you'll be okay. We can almost guarantee the cancer won't come back. And I go, nah, don't want that. I want to keep my toe. And then I die a horrible death. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing I can do. That is with totally within my right as a citizen to decide that. So if I want to fucking die of COVID because I don't want to get a, get a syringe in my arm... I don't understand how that how that's different. Now the argument is, of course, that they're protecting um, 
other people, you know, that they need to do that to protect other people. But as far as I can tell, the evidence isn't there. There's no evidence there. And also, even if the evidence was there, I would say this law is there so that the state can't do that. You know, there, there there's reasons um, why these laws exist. And sometimes that has downsides. Now, the other thing that occurred to me when I was running was, see, it doesn't matter what the law says. It really doesn't. You can have the best laws. Basically, laws by itself don't do anything. Laws are just words on paper, right? A law is interpreted by people. And it's interpreted by the constitutional court or other courts, by lawyers, but also by society. And because certain things, especially the Constitution, are, are worded very strongly, uh, not very strongly, but very, well, they're worded strongly, but they're worded very broadly, right? I think the article that, that concerns this bodily harm things says nobody shall be harmed against their will. Which is generally taken to mean, you know, you can't be injected with anything if you don't want to. But society could go and say, well, that's no harm. You know, getting a vaccine is no harm. And it doesn't matter what the people who wrote this law intended. And I'm pretty sure they intended that nobody in Germany ever should have a medical procedure done against them, to them against their will, no matter what it is. And no, no matter how what what who many other people can be saved, um, because you know, I hate to bring this up, but this is the history of Germany. That's what the Nazis did. They said, "We're doing these tests, or we we we." They said, "We're killing these people who are like you know, I don't know, who have a disease, a certain disease, who are handicapped or whatever. We're killing them to clean the you know to clean the gene pool or whatever." You know, and and that is bullshit. But like, of course it's bullshit. But back then that was the argument, and 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 it was also reported like that. You know, in the press, and I think lots of people believe that. And that's why you have laws like that, because it might actually at the time be like look like the right thing to do, right? These laws are there, and it's in Germany's case specifically, our constitution and our whole legal system, everything, the the the, the government, uh, the checks and balances, they are built so that something like the Third Reich coming, you know, the Nazis coming to power in the Weimar Republic cannot happen again. And if you, I mean, you don't even have to study history. You learn this in school. If you pay a little bit of attention, you understand that um, this is not a case where the people saw it coming. Back then, the majority of the people, um, or at least the zeitgeist, right, the, the 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 society as a whole, through the press and everywhere else, to manipulation, you know. But they generally thought this was a good idea. Getting the Nazis in power was a good idea. They were elected because people thought it was a good idea. When they realized that what they had just done and what happened, it was too late. 
and that is that is the problem when you when you guard as when you're sitting there and you're reflecting on what's happening in society right now and, and, and laws and legal decisions and around this kind of thing, around your state, you, you have to guard against things that seem like actually a good idea at the time. That Those are the dangerous ones, right? The dangerous thing today is not the neo-Nazis that have, that have the swastikas because we know them, we know... We know those symbols. We know what they want. We know the way they want to come to power because we've seen it before. Those guys will not get to power. We have people guarding against that. Everybody, basically, because we have we have a school and we teach people how those people came to power. The danger will come from a part of society that to us and our um, contemporary conscience looks like it's it's a good idea. Right? I don't know what it will be. Probably, I don't know climate change or whatever it will be something where you think what these guys want they're they're gonna they're, they're gonna be people that say to protect the world we need more power and you could think you know that could be uh antivirus you know that could, people antivirus sounds like kaspersky uh um you know um that could be people that 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 promise you that they will actually keep you safe from the virus um, or from climate change, that, that they will do the necessary thing to save the planet. Those are the people you have to guard against because it will look good. It, it, I mean, the, the, very, the, the very reason why people like the Nazis come to power, if it's not a revolution, you know, it's a, if, if something like if a totalitarian is something, it's different if it's the Russian revolution, right? And And they're just fucking burning down the country or like the french revolution you know uh then you, then you can't do anything but if it's a revolution like you know when the nazis came to power when they're basically voted because people think what they are doing is a good idea at the time that is the thing you gotta guard against and what just occurred to me when i was running is just like you know you have the laws but the laws don't cut anything the people are what's important the people interpreting these laws society as a whole and I can sit there and, and, and I can tell you that what might seem like a good idea here, which I'm skeptical about because I'm not, I'm just not sure this weighing the danger of the virus, no matter how many people die. I mean, the, the, the problem is that we can't see the danger good enough because people don't understand the nature of disease and you know i've talked about this they they don't compare this we, we've never checked for how many people die of the flu we are not worried about how many people die of a heart attack right so we're just concentrating on this one disease and we're taking the numbers there and that's why it looks very bad so we don't think there's a there's a comparative understanding how bad this is to everything else um, and i just have the feeling that it's not so bad that you should wait against civil rights in this um, you know this much but then also if we don't talk about that at all no matter how bad it is like even if I agree it's that bad what the constitutional court has done here today is basically say if the German government says that there is a really bad emergency situation they, they, then they can lock you in your home. 
and do other things. And you know that you the the problem is in my well the problem it's not even the problem it's just the reality is that whether something is is people like to make it sound like this deliberation if this is an emergency situation is a scientific thing but it's not it's not with SARS-CoV-2 we're deciding this based on tests that are not done in a scientific manner they're just done uh, there's no scientific method to it there's no there's no uh negative controls you know there's after the fact fact ad hoc statistical scientific analysis but it's not a scientific experiment um so that's not on a scientific basis we're deciding this based on people in the hospital and our icu beds which people make it sound like that's a that's an alt. That's an ultimate number. That's like Germany has this many ICU beds, right? It has right now. But if the government could change that, that's the thing I'm doing. I'm saying, like, why haven't they done that the last? We could have. I mean, if you went like it's the. So I think it's personally it's not a. Um. It's not unrealistic to say if if we as a nation of 83 million people decide that this is our, this is our goal. Right, we could have just doubled ICU bed capacity. I mean, like I would be rather for forcing people uh, to become become nurses. Uh, it'd be hard. Like, who do you decide? It you know, but like more more that than than forcing people to vaccinate, which which doesn't help with the general situation somewhat. Um, and you know to be really cold-hearted about this because if it's true that only the unvaccinated people pretty much are the ones dying you could say and i you know discussed this with my wife and she said that's really cold-hearted but let's be cold let's be utilitarian here for a moment you know the good of the many outweigh the good of the few or the one uh, let's be fucking spock and let's see how dark you know being a vulcan really is if that's the problem why don't leave let people leave the choice and then just if you get too many unvaccinated people in the ICU then let them die if somebody comes in who's vaccinated who needs to go in the ICU or had a motorcycle accident or whatever then put them in the ICU and kick a covid guy out on the street and let him die because he, i mean that's the rhetoric you have in the german press right now where you basically oh the air's getting thin the air's getting thin for the unvaccinated and everybody's like almost like giddy that you know now we can force them to vaccinate because they're bad people because they're dumb shits because they're not vaccinated okay then you know then triage them right if if that's the problem tell everybody look if you're going to end up in the ICU and they don't have enough beds you're the one who, your machines were shut off first here's here's your free vaccine if you want to me that would be a more humane thing to do because you give the person a choice. If you force them to, vac to be vaccinated, you do not give them a choice. And the the problem there, of course, is not to vaccinate. I don't care about people. Like the, the 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 point is not forcing somebody to get vaccinated. The point is giving the state the right to have a medical procedure done on you against your will. will. That is what you. That's the precedent. What's going to be next? 
right? At some point, people will figure out how unconducive to your health it is if, if you're overweight. And they will start to figure out the, the correlation between being fat and dying of a heart attack or some other cardiovascular disease. You know, and then you get like, should we force people to have exercise? Shouldn't they get health? Shouldn't they get not get health care because they're overweight? No, they're we all body positive. That's like body. If you want to weigh two hundred kilos, you know that's being body positive. But you know, if you if you if you if you refuse to get vaccinated, you're basically a subhuman fucking moron. Yeah, Astro C says uh, the government own you for the greater good. I read. Um, I don't know who it was. I, yeah, it was just a quote. It doesn't matter who said it, but it was like somebody saying. Um, so the, the, I, I didn't say this uh, earlier, but basically, why is the government taking my civil liberties away instead of, you know, shoring up ICU bed capacity? It's very easy because it's easier for them to do. It's cheaper. It's easier. It's easier to take people's civil liberties away, which, I mean, you can just pass the law. The worst thing that will happen is the constitutional court goes and collects it a few months later. No harm done. And if you're lucky, like here, you know, they, don't even, they won't even do that. And you're scot-free. You know, if, if you actually have to, you actually have to do work to get people trained, to pay them more. You'd have to get the money from somewhere. That things you can fuck up if you can't organize. You know, that's, that's all, that's hard for them to do. Um, a lot of politicians are overweight, so I guess we are safe in that respect, says Terrestrial. Yeah, the problem is they don't, um, it doesn't kill you quick. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're overweight and then you're dead. Um, you know, and then and then they get get to the fucking ICU and they get a you know they get they get a they buy a triple bypass, right? If we if we went and said you know it's your own damn fault you didn't exercise you're not getting the bypass, we're just letting you die. Uh, no, I I don't want really I don't want to see my this is this is dumb because um, this makes me sound like I'm um, I got anything against people overweight, which I really don't because I, I am really, I am pro personal choice, right? That's why I say I don't want to force people to be vaccinated. I don't want to, you know, if people, I think people should live their lives however they want, especially if, if they don't endanger anybody else. And we really, we have the science TM now that they're not endangering anybody when they're not vaccinated. Only person they're endangering is themselves. Like if they're drinking like me or, you know, they're smoking. Or they're drinking and smoking, and they're not exercising. They're endangering themselves very much. Um, you know, if they ride a motorcycle, um, if if they want to climb Mount Fucking Everest, let them climb Mount Fucking Everest. Who yeah, people do skydiving? There's a German politician who died doing skydiving because his fucking parachute didn't open. He just splatted. Right? He was a liberal as well. <laughs> he was very. He had, he had the liberty to do that. And I, I think people should. I think people should. You know, I, I think people should um, go back to Terry Pratchett. I think if people are really sick and they, they decide they don't want to live anymore, I, I want to give them, like, why don't we do that? 
Like, what's the problem? Like, people should be freer, not less free. And to get back to what what Astro says, um, yeah, that's that's the difference we're getting here. You know, when you when you when you study politics and you study this whole system, and it, 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 you are taught that the, the government works for the citizens. Um, but that is exactly why I always said, like, the government is not your mother. The government It's not the government's job to make you live healthy or make you behave morally because the government works for you. They're not your parents. They're your employees, basically. We employ them. Literally, we pay them money. I had an argument with an editor-in-chief once because I said, oh, not once. It was actually, was it this year? I think it was some some point this year where, where they said you know i said you know there was they're like you're too harsh with the politicians and i'm like no 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 i pay their salary he's like you don't pay their salary i'm like i i well do i study politics and i quoted them the fucking uh <laughs> it's actually it's a constitutional article where it's like you know no really we we pay them you know from tax money um and uh, yeah, that was that argument. But you know, I did that. That's what we do. And if the government goes, no, 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 we are the ones who are deciding what's good for you, and we can inject you if we want to, then it's starting to be the other way around. It's start, it's starting to be me belong to the government. And I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I, you know, I did that. The government forcing me to have an injection is something that sounds like I'm living in a in a fascist state. It doesn't sound like I live in a democracy, to be honest. And I don't understand how people can think that. Well, I do understand because they're afraid. I mean, the the, the whole problem here, this whole thing, you know, as I said, you can have um, laws can be as good as they are. They're, they're interpreted by people. And I'm not even blaming people. They're just afraid. I can't even blame the politicians in this, really. I was thinking about this the other week as well. I was talking to somebody. I was in a restaurant. We were talking about this kind of thing. And um, I said, I can't even blame the politicians. I like, I said, like, out of reflexes, fucking politicians. And I was like, no, actually, I can't blame them because I'm really, I'm literally, I'm blaming the journalists because the politicians don't know and they just read the paper. And so if there's bullshit in the paper, how, how would they know? They, they don't know. I mean, they have experts, but, you know, generally they pick their... Ex yeah, okay, sometimes they pick the wrong experts as well. It's, it's like you have an epidemic and it's the German government. You have an epidemic. It's still the same fucking experts. Still fucking Drosten. They're still asking him. You have an epidemic on your hand. Who do you ask? A virologist or an epidemiologist? They ask the virologist. Yeah, he knows how the fucking spike protein works, but he doesn't know how it spreads. It's not his job. Right? If you're a horse, if you have a horse and the horse is sick, who do you ask? Veterina veterinarian or a dentist? Well, okay, the horse, horse could have teeth trouble. <laughs> uh, a veterinarian or a uh, cardiologist? Right, horse could have heart. Maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You have toothache. Who do you ask? A dentist or a cardiologist? I mean, I respect cardiologists, but they're not going to help you with the toothache. Um, right? It's, it's, it's the wrong guy to ask. It's just as simple as that. Um, it's, uh, yeah. 
Wasn't that parachute thing suicide? I don't think we know. There's many theories about this. There's people saying basically it was such a good, you know, and that they should have checked everything. And I don't know, was that ever ruled a suicide? Who 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 was that again? Uh, FD, I know he was from the FDP politician. Uh, I'm I'm gonna search for this Politiker in German. Fallschirm. Wasn't Kinkel right now? Oh, Jürgen Müllermann. Yes. Oh, it's an English article. Okay, death. Shortly before his death, Mellerman had been confronted with allegations that he had been involved in illegal arms deals and evaded taxes on millions of euros he allegedly earned from those activities. To enable a full investigation on these charges, the Bundestag lifted his parliamentary immunity. Uh, on June 5, or 22 minutes before his death. Oh, they lifted his parliamentary immunity 22 before, minutes before his death. Tax evasion charges were dropped after his death. Okay. Well... Uh, Möllermann, a passionate and experienced skydiver, died uh, in a parachuting accident at Marlowmühle. His death was investigated by the Essen District Attorney's Office, which published a final report. Oh, it was in Essen. Oh, in Mar, he died. Okay. Report on the 9th of July. While outside inference was ruled out, no definite verdict was reached on whether Möllermann committed suicide or had an accident. Okay, so they ruled out murder. Uh, so he might have had an accident, but his immunity was lifted 22 minutes before he jumped. So, uh, yes, sounds sounds likely, you know, but he was also free to do that, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I don't know. It's, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a pickle. Anyway, if you're interested in more on this. Um, I got some links to old German because this is German stuff uh, in the show notes. Uh, aside from the stoicism link, maybe I, that'll, that'll be interesting. Privatecitizen.press. Um, I hope I haven't depressed you too much for this, but it's like I must say uh, to just to 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 wind it up. I've 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 basically lost a lot of faith. Um, in our in, in in my political system, because I I would have expected our constitution to prevent a lot of these things, and it hasn't. And um, and what I understand is that not that all the stuff I learned in university and all the thinking I'd done up to this point are invalidated, because the, I had thought I think too much, and I think this is a, probably a problem of our university education where you get taught a lot of. Uh, you know, if you study politics and, and, and history, you get taught a lot of, about the mechanisms and the systems, right? So how the constitution works, how the courts work, how, uh, you know, your, your elections work, how your parliament works, checks and balances, balance of power, all of this. But I think what they don't teach you enough about is uh, psychology of people, especially uh, society, and what I just realized is, you know, if you if the majority of society believes something for whatever reason, then um, even a lot of the even many of the laws will not like even very stringent laws will will be no obstacle. 
because you know it's it's and this is weird because I, I I know this about like within the democratic process. I know that you know I live in a democracy, and if a lot of people don't agree with me, they can change the laws in a way that I don't like, and I'm I'm completely okay with that. Um, but but this is beyond that because we are not. All of this happened before we had an election, right? So this is not within the democratic process. This is more like the society, society like more the zeitgeist. If the zeitgeist is of the opinion that that this is so very dangerous and everybody's really afraid of it, then of course um, everybody will will move in that direction. And then if you're like me and you just don't perceive things that way, then you're kind of kind of left behind. And I keep thinking of, of history class and I, I keep thinking of people, um, you know, in, in, in situations in history where they're like, you know, I, I, I can, I can see, I can, I can, f I'm not saying it's the same situation, but you know, definitely not. But like, I, I can, I, I have never understood the, 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 the mass movement in the, in the Weimar Republic really and how that worked and, you know why people didn't rebel against this. And I think it's just like, if that's the zeitgeist and you're just sitting there like me, like an old crotchety guy, not that I'm that old, but a crotchety guy. And then you just have, you just see some things differently. What do you do? You can't do anything. <laughs> the only thing you can do is practice stoicism. Um, you know, you don't, it's, and it's it's happened all over history, like the same thing in the Roman Republic, right? Same same thing. I mean, okay, there was more force involved, but like there's also a lot of people thought it was a good idea um, to have an empire now. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe what it means to get wiser or something. I'm, I'm not saying I'm right, you know, but I'm just like it feels it. It feels like I just understood something about about our reality and about people and about all the systems we lived in that I've never before never never really understood. Which is not it's not it's not a good feel it's not a good feeling because I feel somewhat helpless. I feel like I can see things coming that other people don't see coming. And that in the um, in the context of this situation, they might think this is a good idea, but they will in twenty years' time, they will, or in ten years' time, um, they will suddenly understand how this is bad. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do, because that that will mean um, we're all good. So uh, with that, let's uh, let's move on here, and uh, let's get to the uh, let's get to the feedback section here. Uh, which I'm going to make short. Uh, I just want to give a hint to a forum topic that I th found very interesting. So I think we had a good discussion uh, in the forum on the Rittenhouse trial in the US, which I haven't really followed. And uh, that's why it didn't occur on the show because it just, I mean, I know it happened. Um, I was vaguely interested in, but I just didn't have time also in NaNoWriMo and things. Uh, and um yeah, this didn't happen. But I, th I thought this discussion was very interesting with some very v widely disparate viewpoints on it. 
and in lieu of having done an episode on it maybe that's uh, it's a place to go and and read up on it and you know that's that's already the feedback section for now uh, i will only say please send me feedback on this episode um, if you see this completely different if you think um i'm completely wrong and and this is this is a good thing for society or if you uh think that i'm i'm we should fight it and we can and and here's how please i would i would love to hear that and if you're in another country and you see well look uh for example the u.s constitution is holding up a lot better in this situation because or maybe the french constitution uh you know because here it's going this way or maybe this is another solution um to to fight it then um yeah that is um please please let me know um please private citizen press let me know go there write me an email go on the forums um you know whatever but please get in contact because i need i don't know i i don't i'm, I'm talking into a void here sometimes and um I'd, I'd I'd like to uh you know get some get some other viewpoints on here and that, that that would that would be helpful so uh, you you do me a big favor and you you you're a producer of the show very much if you do that that's why it's called producer feedback so please if you can contribute anything think about it Um, this is the, the other kind of producer I have to thank uh, toss a coin to your podcaster <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I mean I, I have people who support me monetarily uh, to do this which is very important to me because I kind of need to live and um, as a freelancer um, I am not living the life of Riley let, let me tell you that um, so if you, if you become a patron um, I would be uh, very indebted to you uh, on Patreon, there's a button in the show notes. It's not really a button. It's more picture they click on. Uh, private citizen or press. I, I, it doesn't track you. Um, and you can go there and you can also see how much money I'm actually getting uh, a, uh, a month for this. Um, you know, and, and for this, I, uh, I, I I have committed to doing an episode a week. And I've, I've, I've done well so far. So far, we're on schedule. Uh, our 98th episode is quite a thing. Um there has um there have only been a few podcasts well this yeah only we i think two podcasts that's ever done that, that, that that's gotten this far and i don't even know if geeking's already got that far can't remember right off hand Lex outlaw certainly has but i've never been able to do a, a podcast i do on my own where i talk for about an hour and a half or whatever or however long this is gonna be uh every week and and do this on my own so it's 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 uh, significant amount of work so i i thank everybody who, who's helping me out if you don't want to commit to a monthly amount whatever that would be uh, you can also go uh to paypal and you can just send some money to producers at fab.industries and you'd get credited of course as well as the patreon people because that's that's part of of it and also if you're a twitch subscriber 
get to that in a bit. Uh, that's the value for value model, which means basically get it for free, pay what you want. But the idea is um, that you value value, right? It's kind of like stoicism. Put your money, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, you're virtuous in how you react to the world, and you, you, you can't, you can't change that. I'm producing podcasts. That is out of your control. Well, I'm just looking out the window because you could come over here and shoot me in the head. Um, that would it would be nice if you did not do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just realizing. I mean, there are a lot of people who are trying to get the Drachenlord to stop making YouTube videos, but they haven't succeeded yet either. So, um, right. Uh, but you know, you can you can act on that with virtue, but you don't have to. Whatever you, and I'm really not trying to guilt you into anything. I really don't. Um, I believe that people should you know, pay for these things if they want to. And if they don't want to, it's it's also it's also okay. I'm stoic about this kind of thing. But I would like to thank the people who have um, brought the show to you by supporting it mon monetarily. Those people are the heroes of this episode. Are Georges, Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, Michael Small, 1i11g, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Vlad, Rodain the Insane, Bennett Piata, Kai Sears, Tobias, Fadi Mansour, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Mode7, Sandman616, David Potter, Rizal, Mika, Avis, Martin, Mr. Ramish, Dave Amrish, Cam, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan, Captain Eckhead, RJ Tracy, Rick Bragg, D, Robert Forster, Superuser, Astro C, and No Reply. And um, when I uh, read that out, uh, my I just noticed Captain Eckhart, who's been very uh, vehemently disagreeing with me sometimes on the forum, which I think is great. Um, I find it amazing that uh, I have listeners that can agree with me and still support me in doing this. It's pretty cool. And a lot of these people have been with the show for a long time, and I appreciate that a lot. And we have some of them who are also supporting me because they subscribe to my Twitch channel. As I said uh, in the beginning here, I'm streaming this live on Twitch. Um, and, of course, if you subscribe to the channel, which where I do a lot of other things, um, I do game, uh, I play games. Um, I wrote live during NaNoWriMo. I did a few streams where I wrote my novel. Uh, on stream uh, I have I'm just looking around somewhere here is a box full of uh, bricks they're kind of like Lego bricks but they're not and uh, I will build it's like a little medieval water mill I will build that on stream at some point I just need to get the time um, to do that so uh, yeah so if you can also support that but the people who are my Twitch subscribers we're doing that some of them of course uh, with Amazon Prime you know if you have Amazon Prime you can do this for free you have to renew it every month, but, you know, it's basically no cost to you because you already have Prime and it supports me. And so those people are, I thank them very much as well. Mike the Dane, Johnson MH underscore Cobb, Mode 7 is unavailable, Indie Game EX, Alterestris Jim, Redeemer F, Sandman 616, Galtaran, Halifa, Violet Hummingbird, Bacon the Pork, and Stardew Lisa. Uh, thanks to all of you. Um, thanks for doing this. And um, yeah, some of them are in chat right now, giving me live feedback. 
which is cool. And they're telling me that the technology on my end is broken and that I need to fix it. And uh, I hopefully fix stuff live uh, because we had some audio issues that you won't notice if you listen to this in the podcast. You're, you're, uh, you're the prime audience. You get everything right recorded on my desktop. Uh, if something fails, it'll, it'll, it'll be on the Twitch and the you know, going to Twitch, but not on the podcast recording. I make sure that it's that way. You know, it's kind of like, this is a podcast after all. Uh, I'm just live streaming it because some people seem to enjoy it. And I kind of like live streaming. It's kind of fun. Anyway, I'd like to thank ByteMark as well. ByteMark.co.uk, a UK cloud hoster. They host the audio files that you get if you listen to this podcast for free for me. And I appreciate that a lot. So thanks to ByteMark. Yeah, and that is uh, pretty much it. Uh, the theme tune for this, for this song. Yeah, right. The theme, theme tune for the song uh, for the podcast is called Acoustic Roots by Raul Kabazali. And I'm going to play us out now with some music that I think kind of fits my um, my general uh, demeanor during this episode, which is called A Sky Sparkling by uh, Johannes Bernloff. And until then, um, you know, confront the world with virtue. And if that doesn't work, aim to misbehave. Mm-hmm.